Welcome and thank you for joining us on Inside Bend, a podcast where we get an inside look at the city of Bend from the people who keep our city running. You'll hear about the innovative ways our local government is responding to our community's needs and helping shape Bend's future. I'm your host, Jacob Larson. On this episode of Inside Bend, we're joined by business advocate Ben Hempson to discuss the transient room tax. That's a tax that's paid each time a hotel room or vacation rental is booked. It was established to bring more revenue into the city's general fund and benefit the community. Ben also explains how tourism has been a vital part of the Bend economy for decades and how the economy has evolved. Okay, let's get into our conversation now. Okay, today on the podcast, I am joined by Ben Hempson. He is the City of Bend business advocate. Ben, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. So today we're here to talk about tourism and the the transient room tax and how that impacts um, the local economy and the city and and the government and and what that helps how that helps the community. Um, but typically, I like to start these off by asking you a little bit about yourself and and get a little background on you. So. Um, maybe explain to me, start with what's your role here at the city? What does a business advocate do? Sure. Well, I'm used to answering that question because you hear business advocate and that's a, a broad term, right? So uh, I really have three roles at the city. I bring business policy forward through what's called the Bend Economic Development Advisory Board or BDAB, uh, a nine member group that advises city council. Uh, and then I provide um, direct services. Essentially, if you're a business stuck somewhere in city government, I'm here to help. And then the final thing I kind of work on is um, uh, communications and outreach. And then lately, I've taken on tourism and Juniper Ridge as well. So pretty broad role, but very fun and very interesting. Definitely. And and how long have you been here at the city now? Six and a half years now. So old timer. Why? I mean, why is it important to have that relationship between businesses and the city? Yeah, I mean, I think the big one is where it's a symbiotic relationship, right? I mean, uh, I don't think we necessarily have my role just to kind of pump up property taxes, but uh, we saw it during the Great Recession, the impact of um, a huge loss in employment and businesses here in Bend had a devastating effect on the city and city uh, services uh, were pulled back as a result. And it kind of became, uh, I came from the utility industry before this and would talk about the death spiral in rates, right? Where things get worse on one end and it makes things worse on the other. Uh, so um, there's that. And I think then part of my role too is just to kind of help us build uh, a more robust economy. And that's not something that government does by itself. I don't, it's not always something that government leads on, right? But yeah. sometimes it's how do we get out of the way and let private industry or certain uh, economic sectors kind of take the lead. But that's part of it as well. Okay, I want to shift a little bit. And you touched on one of your uh, roles is is dealing with tourism. Obviously, tourism is always um, going to be a factor here in the Bend economy, just based on our location. And, and people want to come check out this beautiful place that we live in. Um, and there's this transient room tax that's set up to help um, fund the city in part. So um, maybe we'll start there. What is the transient room tax um, and how does it work? Yeah. Yeah. And I want to go back to because tourism promotion isn't a new thing in Bend or Deschutes County, but uh, uh, 
at a high level, transient room tax is the room tax you pay when you stay at a hotel, a motel, an Airbnb, or an RV park. Sure. Uh, really, anywhere you're staying for less than 30 days. Uh, we charge a 10.4% rate right now. And we can talk a little bit about the state law and the changes that got us to that point, 10.4%. Yes. Um, but really, based on the history and the regulatory changes at the state level, we have some mandates uh, in place that really say, okay, you're collecting this 10.4% charge locally within city limits on short-term stays. You have to allocate, in our case, a 35.4% to tourism promotion and now tourism facilities as well, which I think is an exciting change um, there. But um, so that money, which in 2011, totaled about 4 million bucks uh, with you know 2.6 going to city government of that um, now has grown to uh, projected 16 million dollars in uh, this coming fiscal year starting on July 1st so uh, we're talking some real money here if you look at the general fund that's paying for a lot of police officers and uh, firefighters and paving some roads as well so um, it's become I think and it, it sort of goes back and forth with franchise fees, the fees you pay to uh, put telephone lines in the road. If you're a telephone operator, those two are kind of our second largest um, room tax or franchise fees kind of jockey back and forth for which are the second largest components of our general fund after property taxes. So significant. Yeah, definitely. That's it, it's it's a big chunk of money. And, and that all goes, just for clarity, that all goes into the general fund. So as you mentioned, it can be used for things like police and fire and roads and all those things that make the city run. It does. Yeah, there's there's a little nuance. Um, the 1.4% the that got us to 10.4%. So room tax has been raised over time. That proportion that goes to the general fund has to go to police and fire, but 80% of our general fund goes to police and fire. So a significant portion of any room tax we're bringing into the city, um, not the part that goes to tourism promotion of facilities, is going to police and fire. Okay, that makes sense. And you've kind of alluded to this, that some changes have happened recently with the room tax, um, and we've seen the the percentage bump up a little bit. So what maybe are those changes, and how did we get to this this 10% mark? Yeah, and yeah, and so you have to go back. I mean, I, w- I was looking this morning and doing a little research. Uh, we've been promoting tourism in Bend and Deschutes County for decades. There, The bulletin has this great kind of article every week called Yesteryear, and they just dredge up old headlines. And there was one from 1947 talking about how uh, it was called the Deschutes County Advertising Committee at the time was putting tourism ads in uh, Fresno and Bakersfield and Los Angeles and San Francisco. And they were excited for this wave of tourism, right? And I don't think it showed up in 1948. I think it took a little longer, but um, really, so we've had, what I would say is this setup, right? With a, a proportion dedicated to tourism promotion and facilities, and then the remainder going to the city's general fund, really since 1987. And back then our lodging tax was 7%. Uh, and that relationship was not mandated by state law. It was kind of a symbiotic relationship between lodging operators and the city of Bend saying, hey, we're going to charge a tax, but we're going to allocate a portion of this to tourism promotion, sort of saying we're taxing you, but we're going to give you a benefit as well. Um, and so, uh, 87 through 2001, 7%. 2001, we increased it to 9%. And with that came a commitment from the city of Bend that we were going to dedicate 30% of that 
of that revenue to tourism promotion. Uh, where it gets interesting in 2003, uh, a state law passed called House Bill 2267 that said any new state or any new local lodging tax that's implemented anywhere in the state, any city or county, uh, 70% of that new revenue has to go to tourism promotion. So the a ratio that was totally flipped from the, right. the city of Ben's ratio. But if you had an existing room tax before that point, you were grandfathered in. So we have really um, what I would call an advantageous ratio for our community, right? Where, uh, you know, we're getting, we're looking at $16 million in revenue this year. Uh, and then the final change. So in 2013, there was a ballot measure locally that sought to raise the room tax another 1.4% to our current 10.4%. At that point, voters approved, but that was after that um, House bill from 2003. So that extra 1.4%, 70% had to go to tourism promotion and facilities, just tourism promotion back then. The other, um, the other proportion was allocated to the general fund with the specific requirement that it went to police and fire, which, as I mentioned earlier, uh, most of our general fund goes to police and fire anyway, so um, of benefit to us, right? right? But so we have this now blended rate of 35.4% that goes to tourism promotion facilities. The other 65.6% uh, goes to... Um, the general fund. And you you kind of touched on this a couple times, but there's this change of tourism facilities, that phrase being included. What does that mean? State law says you can spend this tourism promotion money on two things. Tourism promotion, uh, which I think is fairly self-explanatory, and then tourism pro or and tourism facilities. And tourism facilities, uh, fairly vague term. Right. And in the state statute, it pretty much says tourism facilities like a convention center doesn't give you a big list. Uh, there's more language than that there, right? But back in 2021, spring of last year, um, we actually came to council with Visit Bend, our, our partner and our contractor that does tourism promotion, and, and asked to add back in tourism promotion facilities locally. So we could actually invest funding, not just in promotion, but in facilities as well. And it's it's worked out really well in year one. Uh, I think Visit Bend allocated about 700,000, if I'm remembering correctly, a little more than that, because they also made allocations for year two, but really for facilities in and around Bend that I would characterize as serving tourists, but serving locals as well. I think a new trail at Mount Bachelor in the summer, an alternative to, uh, hopefully a less strenuous alternative to climbing South Sister, for example, uh, trail um, trail restoration at Good Dog Park. If anyone uses it as much as I do, I'd be glad to hear that. And then um, uh, a mountain bike park at Alpenglow Park and, and some other um, facilities as well, but really facilities that create a draw, right? Or enhance an existing tourism destination. Another one was trail restoration at Dillon Falls, a big tourism destination, but I think we all live out here so we can access things like Dillon Falls as well. So really this ethic of, you know, we can't go fill a pothole, but we can improve uh, tourist attractions that also benefit the community. And that was year one. So we're kind of moving into year two of that and we'll see what applications we get. I wanted to ask you a little bit about Visit Bend and and their role in all of this. You've kind of touched on uh, that organization a bit throughout this conversation, um, but I think it's important to note. You know, we don't do as the city. We don't do tourism promotion. And you kind of said um, Visit Bend is one of our contractors, and that's kind of their arena. So, how does that relationship work, and what is v Visit Bend's role here in the community? 
Yeah, so VisitBend really takes that 35.4% and we have a contract with them. We're actually just wrapping up an RFP process right now. I'll be in front of council on June 1st, uh, bringing that contract forward. But it's a contract that really details out, okay, we're going to allocate this funding to you and then you're going to do tourism promotion. You're going to operate a visitor center. You're going to manage grants like the sustainability fund I mentioned, but also the Bend Cultural Tourism Fund. Um, and also they're going to do what what is broadly called destination development and research uh, and also research. So um, they fund the sustainable or partially fund the Sustainable Tourism Center at uh, OSU Cascades. Um, they do surveying, um, they try to attract events, although they haven't um, necessarily been quite as focused on event attraction lately. Um, but those other things that you can do to enhance Bend uh, as well. But of course, tourism promotion is a big part of that. Um, I think people see an ad for Bend in Phoenix or something like that. And it's important to note that we are contracting with Visit Bend for our local, locally raised funds. There's also Central Oregon Visitors Association for everything out in the county, Sun River, um, Pronghorn and the like. So uh, they are also doing promotion as well. Visit Bend really focuses on promotion in shoulder seasons, so not in the summer, uh, trying to kind of make sure we don't have quite as uh, varied of a tourism season as we see right now. Um, and then they also uh, really focus on what they call kind of tire time cities. So places where folks can drive to visit here instead of fly. Uh, but they also have a process where every year they bring forward their business plan for the coming year, run it by the BDAB, the Bend Economic Development Advisory Board for feedback. And then uh, we go to council and we'll be doing that on June 15th to present the business plan there. Uh, and council can't necessarily say, Oh, I don't like that, remove it, but they can talk thematically. They could say to VisitBend, hey, pump up promotion or um, ramp down spending on grants or whatever it may be. Although I will say VisitBend, very receptive to feedback, uh, really great partners, uh, love working with them um, and really take to heart the feedback that they get from the community. I think they understand tourism is a frustration for some folks, uh, but it's also a really important part of our economy. So um, yeah, they're great. I think that's a good um, kind of pivot point there in that we hear a lot, you know, stop bringing the tourists to town. Um, we need to diversify our economy more and not be so reliant on tourism. Um, what would you say to that? I mean, it feels like to me that the economy is more diverse here than ever and that we're not so reliant on tourism anymore. Yeah. And if you go back in history, not not to make this all a big history podcast, but uh, um, so in the Great Recession, tourism really let us out. We had a very an economy that was very reliant on real estate development broadly prior to the Great Recession, which is partially why we were hit so hard. Right. Everyone from uh, real estate brokers to construction workers to folks that sell mortgages. Uh, um, really all hit across the board. Something like close to 40% of our economy was tied up in real estate. Uh, so when when we came out or were in the midst of the recession, I would say we were looking at 20% unemployment or close to it in Deschutes County. Uh, the direction to visit Bend was promote, 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 get people back here. Um, and they did a great job. I mean, they led in 2013, they led the West Coast really in tourism, in room tax rebound, right? In terms of how much they'd in, helped increase it year over year. Um, that that theme and that ethic has changed over time. Um, but I think uh, one, the tourism industry 
important to bend. Um, I don't think it's as big a component of our total economy as folks necessarily think. Um, Eight to 12% of our economy is where tourism has kind of made up, um, has been kind of the ratio uh, going back really post Great Recession. Uh, that's in line with somewhere like Austin, Texas. So not not like San Diego, uh, which is significantly higher, or Orlando. Um, really uh, an important component, but also the tourism industry broadly provides services that I think we all enjoy here in town, a diversity of restaurants, uh, attractions, um, trails now, right? I mean, the, the, these are all important things uh, that I think we value here locally uh, as well. It may be some some of these attractions are what brought us here to Bend, right? Uh, and I, I did have an interesting conversation on a bus at a League of Oregon Cities co conference here in Bend. I was leading a tour um, with uh, mayors across the state yeah. uh, a couple of years ago. It was before the pandemic. And uh, I was sitting next to this mayor from a, a coastal town on the southern Oregon coast and she was we went to Hydro Flask and uh, Rough Wear and she was going wow how do you get these great spaces and these great companies here in town and I was like they all started really small but they were all here because they valued Bend and they're able to attract employees here in part because tourism it's a great place to visit and her response was ooh we don't want any more tourists right but the, so I understand there's frustration right with with people visiting and it becomes we're heading into the season where folks see it but there's there's another side to that right uh having a restaurant you like that normally wouldn't be in a town of a hundred thousand is one but also being able to attract and keep employees for uh tech uh advanced manufacturing bioscience um outdoor products these are all industries that have grown uh, yeah. since the great recession and really kept stayed fairly stable during the pandemic recession as well, where hospitality was the industry that really got uh, hammered. So um, we've developed a resilient economy, I think, with tourism helping leading the charge there. But now we're in this point where it's, okay, how do we manage it going forward? Something I wanted to go back to that you kind of touched on a couple times was this um, idea of sustainable tourism. And it seems like that's popping up more and more and more as we talk about tourism. Can you kind of explain what that means for people? Yeah, and I am not the expert um, <laughs> by any means, but I think it is really, uh, it's it's a broad-based term, right? Everything from how do we transition our, our vans for our tour companies to EVs, mm -hmm. uh, right? So what are those kind of tactical changes to, I think, broader ones around um, where are people visiting? Are we visiting certain areas too much? Um, can we create alternatives, right? I mean, we have some beautiful land east of town that I don't think are uh, as big of attractions as uh, the Cascade Lakes Highway, for example. Uh, I'm pretty excited to see the results of a survey that's going on over the summer. So I mentioned OSU Cascades has this sustainable tourism program. Uh, now, they're gonna be out surveying uh, visitors at, I, I think, you know, the, the common spots, the if you pull a, a raft out of the Deschutes uh, down by Drake Park this summer, you, you may see an earnest uh, college student wanting to uh, survey you. Uh, and please take the survey if, you, if they do come by. But uh, um, really to get that data. And I think that's one of the tough things about tourism as well. You don't have to tell anyone where you're going, right? I mean, there's credit card data and we certainly see occupancy data for hotels, but you don't tell you don't check in at uh, the Oxford or the River House and say, oh, I came here because of these reasons. Uh, I'm going to spend this much money. These restaurants are where I'm going to go. So surveying is often how you get 
data on, on visitation, um, especially more qualitative data versus just this many people came to town, they paid this much for their hotel room. We get that through room tax data, but um, looking forward to kind of seeing what kind of survey data uh, they glean out of um, this work this summer. What's your favorite part of your job? What, what kind of keeps you going wanting to do this? You know, uh, I would have said before the pandemic, you know, and I think a lot of people at the city enjoy this, where we just work on so many different things. We're not a big city like Portland, where you have a team of lawyers and planners for every every sort of project. And I think back, I worked on um, the code that brought Uber and Lyft to town, and it was me, one of our city attorneys and our assistant city manager at the time working on it. And... Uh, the city attorney said, yeah, in Portland, they have like 12 lawyers working on this, right? So it's kind of fun to, to be able to work on small collegial teams. Uh, but I'd say after the pandemic, it's more just being able to get back face to face with folks we work with and then businesses as well. Um, it's a lot more fun to figure out an issue walking around or walking down a hall like you're in the West Wing, except less witty and probably less good looking too, but uh, uh, it's a lot a lot more fun to do that than it is to schedule a Zoom meeting and talk to someone for 30 minutes, right? It, the pace at which we work um, and which issues come up, I think is really the exciting part of working here. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. I appreciate you being on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. It's great to be in person. Big thank you to Ben for being our guest on the podcast. If you'd like to learn more about business advocacy and tourism, head to bendoregon.gov slash business resources. Thank you for tuning into Inside Bend. If you enjoy listening, don't forget to subscribe and you can check back each month for new episodes. And also a very special thank you to the Pitchfork Revolution for providing us with this music. Music.